Hey, this is Greg McAfee, and welcome to The Greg McAfee Show. Now let's get started. Hey, welcome back to The Greg McAfee Show, where we discuss steps to successful entrepreneurship, how to take your business to new heights, and ultimately follow your dreams. Today, we're going to be discussing part three of building strong teams. And again, I have my son, Travis McAfee, with us uh, to help uh, share in this. And we've got some good good content for part three. And uh, let's get started. Okay, Travis, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me again. Part three. Mm-hmm. We've got some pretty good stuff to talk about today. And uh, part one, part two, um, we talked you know, a lot about team building, just how uh, important it is. And I think a lot of times um, uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, they just don't realize the importance of uh, team building as far as the success of their company. And uh, we, we hire people too fast. We get them in seats, uh, whether they're inside or trucks, and, and we say go. Right. Yeah. So just to kind of recap uh, the last couple um, episodes, um, we talked about kind of the overall structure of your existing team um, and trying to really solidify culture therein. Um, and then, you know, last week we talked a lot about hiring um, Uh, pros and cons to different ways of interviewing and, um, you know, kind of what you should be looking for and uh, ultimately uh, being prepared to pass that culture on to them. Uh, So what are we going to talk about today? Well, today we're going to focus on um, an African saying goes like this. If you want to go fast, go alone. Uh, If you want to go far, go together. And uh, this applies to what we're going to talk about today because, um, you know, if we avoid uh, surrounding ourselves with um, yes, yes people, we're going to be a lot better off. Because if you're just looking for a yes, if you're sitting at that board table or that conference table and you're, you're talking a lot as the business owner, and you're looking for everyone to go, yay, go, go, Greg. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're in it for the wrong reason, and you're not going to be as successful. That's fair. And um, you know, there were uh, there was a couple instances when I when I first kind of came on board, and um, you know, we were in those leadership team meetings at the at the oval table. Um, I was going to say round table, but yeah. the oval table. Um, you know, I, I found myself in disagreement with a few members of our team and um, kind of feeling like guilty about that. And um, then, you know, later on, you know, having conversations with some of those people I was disagreeing with. And, uh, you know, they were like, hey, look, if both of us agree on everything, then one of us isn't needed. Right. And, um, you know, so so having that uh, diversity of opinion is is really important, especially in that leadership team, the, the decision-making team um, and brainstorming team, you know, whatever the case may be, you have to have that diversity of opinion, diversity of thought. Um, and that's, that's this, this proverb you talked about, that's like going together is how you get far because um, not everybody's going to be aware of the same things. We all have blind spots, right? And so we have to have people with, uh, you know, the ability to point that out for us and, and help us go further. You know, you think, think about, you um, 
I don't know when this proverb was written, but I would imagine it's in, you know, like hunter gatherer societies. And, you know, you imagine a guy going out alone. It's dangerous out there, you know? Um, And so you got to have somebody who uh, is, is able to have your back and And you can go fast alone. Yeah. But, but no one's got your back alone. Yeah. You might, something, something could happen along the way and you don't get as far as you would have, if you had a few more people you could trust. Sure. So I do love that proverb. And, uh, you know, if everybody agrees, if you have yes, yes, people, um, you know, that's you may as well be going alone. Right. We have to surround ourselves with truthful people um, who are okay with having a difference um, with us. Um, I don't care if you're a manager or business owner, um, you know, any leadership position, you've got to be okay with someone disagreeing with you. Uh, you know, if you're not, drop the ego uh, because you're not always right. A leader is not always right. Mm-hmm. Now, a leader should be hanging around with smart people and educating themselves and reading a lot and and setting the vision and all those good things. But there's been many decisions that I have made that someone challenged me on in a good way. You got to be careful how you challenge a leader. You don't want to make them look too stupid in front of everybody. Sure, yeah. But you've got to be okay with challenging them. Yeah. What if or why would we do that? And what happens if this happens when we do that? And I, you know, I thought about it uh, on some of the decisions that I made, um, and uh, I was wrong. And it was not a good idea. It wasn't the best uh, idea for the company. It wasn't going to benefit everybody. Matter of fact, there's no benefit to your team if you surround yourself with yes, yes people, there's no benefit at all. So what we're going to talk about today is a couple things. Um, there's about seven of them. Well, actually eight if we say uh, avoid surrounding yourself with yes, yes people. But um, the next one is get to know your people. In order to have a strong team, your team has a wide variety of um, backgrounds and talents, and you have to get to know your team. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you think that's so important? Well, you know, for there's a lot of obvious reasons, um, but something that we touched upon in episode one was the um, that widget formula. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, for those of you that haven't caught up on on, on all the episodes that we've been doing this, um, go back and watch episode one. Towards the end, we talk about widget, and the short version is it's just the process of work. Um, you know, you have W stands for wonder. So it's, it's just brainstorming. Um, invention is okay. Let's take those ideas and put it into something real. Let's make a plan. And then, um, D is uh, discernment. So making sure those ideas are good. Those plans are good and they're going to work. And then, um, G is galvanizing, getting everybody on board. Um, E is enabling kind of getting the, the plane off the ground, so to speak. And then T is tenacity seeing it through to the end so widget is the process of work and you know getting to know your team um personality wise uh, work style wise um you know making sure that all of those processes of work you have somebody on your team who's capable of fulfilling that because when you have a yes yes team um there's no d there's no discernment so you just go oh hey i got i got some ideas okay cool let's make a plan all right let's get everybody on board um and then get it off the ground you never decided if it was a good idea or not. Right. You, you never, like you said, you, you never, you didn't have that, that, that bumper. And so um, 
you know, knowing knowing the people on your team, knowing who you can go to to say, hey, here's what we're thinking. Um, but I don't do your job every day. So tell me if I make this decision, if we make this plan, if we go forward with this, how is that going to affect you and uh, other members of your department? And just like having trusted people that you can ask to give you a, a real honest um, but also fair opinion, because there's there's people out there that are just kind of averse to change, right? That you probably don't want to ask those people. You want to ask the people that are going to be honest with you, but are also open to change. That that openness is really important when you're you're trying to get um, discernment out of people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and um, you know the wide variety of backgrounds and talents uh, is very important because some of your team. Now, by the way, where did that where did that widget come from? Um, there is a, a group out in California. It's called the Table Group. You can go to thetablegroup.com and learn more about it. They wrote a book. It's okay. it's it's called The Working Genius, <clears throat> and um, it's it's basically everybody has a, a genius, uh, like a working style, like a like a strength. Think of it like a strength. And um, so your genius is is uh, where you thrive, where you gain energy from your work. What what and where like everyone has a genius somewhere in that process. The W I D G Et somebody somebody has a genius in that area. Um, there are two areas usually, and um, you just got to make sure that the right people are doing the right jobs. Um, but you know, outside of that work process, um, I like what you said about kind of looking at your team's past experiences and how it relates to the job now. I've got a really tangible example just this week. Um, we actually have a a customer who. Um, has someone in their family with a with a disability and they're having to kind of re redo the home right and uh, it's it's the way that they have to do this to make it more accessible for that person with a disability um they it's going to affect their hvac system so we're going to have to reroute some things um well i have a team member uh who's a supervisor who actually used to work in um like medical equipment yeah. And so he's very familiar with the stuff that they're going to be installing. And so I'm like, let's send him. Let's yeah. send let's send him out there. We'll we'll figure out what we need to do to make all this work because he knows the HVAC world and he knows the medical equipment world. It's perfect. So knowing your team's past experiences, you can you can better set up people for success, not only on your team but also your customer base. Yeah. Well, and the customer, if you would not have known the team, um, and you didn't know that he was in the medical field, I mean that's a wow for the customer um, that he knows about what they're going to have to do mm -hmm. for their family member. Um, so getting to know your team is extremely important. And and uh, you and Lucy actually stopped by last night, and we were watching the Iowa um, Hawkeye game, the women's basketball. Mm -hmm. And there's um, two players that have been playing together for about three years, Caitlin Clark and Monica Casino. You can tell by watching them that they don't have to talk to each other um, you know, one's a center, one's a guard, and they don't have to talk to each other. They just need to look at each other, and they know what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that, that comes from working together, playing together as a team for three years. And they're strong, and they're a duo. They're a strong duo um, in women's basketball right now, and that's why they're probably going to, you know, they're going to the championship. And um, so, you know, and, and think about this in your, uh, in your business. You know, you should have, you should know your team. Uh, I don't care if they've been there six months or six years or 10 years or 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, you should know your team. You should know their strengths. Like I said before, their weaknesses, their opportunities, and their threats, and they should know those four too. Um, it, it makes for a stronger team. 
and you should review that often with the team. Um, it's called SWOT analysis, and uh, we used to do them more often. We used to do them in a company meeting, and uh, but and we should still do that. But you should do a SWOT, a personal SWOT analysis. Um, also, we also have to hope for the best, but plan for problems. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we I do that by saying. Um, we got to have a plan B. I always like having a plan B. And because I ask the question, if this happens, and I even do that from my leadership team and my succession plan from what happens if Greg gets thrown under the bus? Okay, so what happens to this if Greg gets thrown under the bus? What happens to this if Greg gets thrown under the bus? Where does that go from here after Greg's under the bus? Okay, so that's wise as a business owner. Okay. That is extremely wise and you need to be thinking that way, but you also need to be thinking that way as you grow your business and, and hope for the best, but plan. Planning is important for problems. What if this happens? What do we do? Yeah. I mean, just another, a way to sum it up is just contingency plans. I mean, that's, that's huge. Um, it's, you know, you always you always strive for best case scenario, um, but preparing having a contingency plan in place. Okay, like for different scenarios, it's like okay, we're approaching this, and there's a couple variables here. They could go one of three ways. Okay, we've got a plan for if it goes this way, this way, and this way, and then we have contingency plans for that. So you just have to you always have to be think of it like playing chess. You always have to be a couple steps ahead of your opponent, and a problem is your opponent as a business owner. Um, you know, they, they problems, different problems pop up every day. Sometimes the same problem pops up in different ways because, you know, uh, every day is a new day. Right. And, and so in, in our world in HVAC, uh, we do installations every single day. We do furnace checkups every single day. We have service calls almost every day. You know, sometimes the weather doesn't exactly permit for, for things to go bad, which is good for the customer. Not, yeah. not so great for the HVAC owner, but at any rate, we do the same thing every day. Um, but we run into the same problem in different ways because each system is a little bit different. But you have a contingency plan in place for how to attack those problems, um, you know, and it's huge. It's yeah. huge. That's that's um, it's wise. It's it, wise to, it to have multiple plans. It is. Don't it's not a secret. Don't keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, share. And speaking of sharing, um, I've said this often, inform people, make better decisions, share your vision often, share your culture often, uh, share, tell people about your way. You know, we've talked about this uh, card right here, which is the McAfee way. You know, Toyota has their way. Apple has their way. Um, most companies have their way. If you don't think you have your way, ask your employees and they'll tell you their way, your way. Okay. Um, so, but you should tell them often. How many times do you have to tell somebody something? One more time. One more time. And, um, but then as far as telling them the way, you know, ask them to explain it to you. So you know they understand it. And ask them to explain your vision. They should know your vision and where you're going. Where, you know, where are you going with this? I'm on, they're on board of this train and they want to know where we're going. Mm-hmm. On the train, they don't want to just enjoy the ride every day. They want to know where we're going to go. Where we're how are we going to get there? And um, but 
uh, in the same way with the culture, um, ask them to explain it and share what your culture is and share what um, the way is and then um, ask them if they could improve on it at all. You know, now sometimes you don't need an answer right now. I might say, I want you to go away for a couple of days um, uh, over the weekend, and I want you to think about what we talked about today and then come back. We're going to come back Monday or Tuesday, and I want you to tell me how we can improve the way. Yeah. Because um, I want them to think about it. And when you start thinking about, you know, um, and, and along with that, ensure that your training, um, whether it's sharing the vision or ch- sharing your culture or uh, telling them about the way we do business. Um, ensure your training is meaningful to them. They, they, you know, I don't want to be part of anything where I don't understand it. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up because we we talked about you know having plans and even contingency plans and contingency plans for those contingency plans. It sounds rigid, right? Um, you know, you want things to be meaningful, you want things to flow, you want it to come natural, you want it to be easy to understand, easy to digest. Um, but I think back to, I think back to um, high school football. It's not as popular of an offense nowadays, um, but we ran the triple option from the wishbone formation. And we did the same steps every single day. Why? Muscle memory. Yeah. So it seemed rote. It seemed boring. It seemed rigid. Um, however, if we got our steps perfect, we were going to win the game. Right. If everybody did what they were supposed to do, and it, it, we didn't have to think. You hear the play, you know what your steps are going to be. And if you do your steps right and your offensive line does their job, you're going to get some yardage. And guess what? You don't have to get 50 yards on each play when you're running the triple option. You just got to get three to five yeah. over and over and over, wear down the defense. You're going to win the game. And right. we did. We won a lot of games. And so, you know, in the same way with your company, you know, you you want some of these plans in place. You want it to become muscle memory for your team. That's really important. So some of those day-to-day things, that day-to-day training, it might not feel um, invigorating. It might feel boring. But you need to communicate to your team that that we are building muscle memory so that when you're in the field, you don't get stuck. Right. And when you're when you're on the phone with a customer that's being difficult, you don't get stuck because right. you've got the muscle memory in place. So not every aspect of training is going to be exciting, um, but it, it can still be meaningful because you remind them that we're doing it this way because when you're in the field, it's going to flow. You're going to win. That's <laughs> why we that's why we believe in role playing. Mm-hmm. And role playing, it, it's hard. It sucks. <laughs> People hate to be in that hot seat, um, but it's role playing for muscle memory because I want them to know what to say when they get in a customer's house and they're asked that exact question or they're told something that they didn't understand. And if they can learn in the role playing in front of three or four coworkers. Um, it's much easier to learn here than it is out there and look and look uh, like you don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say look stupid, but you will look stupid. <laughs> um, and yeah. it's much easier to look stupid in here. Yeah, it is. And, and it's, it's that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, it's one of the best as, as much as people don't like it, it really is one of the best team building exercises because 
you're going to fumble through it and your coworkers are going to laugh with you, not at you. You know, they're going to laugh with you and, and you learn and you grow and you critique each other. And uh, I mean, it's 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 hard, but it's one of the best team building exercises you can do in the service industry. Um, there's a lot of benefits to it because um, if someone does really well, the people that are observing are going to be like, oh, wow, that was really good. I'm going to use that. You know, it's yeah. it's 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 training. So the the feedback from the people observing um, like they're getting feedback from the person doing it. They're like, oh, that didn't work. That really didn't work. I'm not going to do that. Or wow, he really, I'm going to use that one. That's, that's great. And so, and then vice versa, the person up there fumbling through it is going to get some advice and critiques from the people observing. And then we switch and it's just, um, yeah. it's a, it's a good tough exercise for muscle memory. And it, it's, and it's basically called practice. Uh, when, when you're practicing, um, the football plays, it's, it's boring. It's, but it's called practice. We want you to get good at it here so you're better at it there mm-hmm. in a customer's home. Okay. Um, and since we're residential, 95% of what we do is in a home. That's our job site. Uh, something else is uh, get and keep others involved. Challenge them and mentor them. Uh, again, it's a pretty boring place to work if you don't get other people involved. Find out, knowing your t- everything we've talked about today, knowing your team, um, not going alone, um, planning plan B, uh, sharing, uh, and now it's getting others involved and and not going um, or, or ment- challenging them and mentoring them. How do, how do you think we do that here? Or what could someone else learn from what we do? Yeah, so... I'll, I'll say it starts with um, how you do your sales department. Um, you know, I'll let you share a little bit about your process with them. Um, but I've observed that and I try to implement it with my supervisors. And then I'm, I'm, I'm getting my supervisors in the mindset of, okay, great. See what we're doing in here. It's going to look a little different for you in the field. But I want you, when you do ride-alongs, when you go out to a job, I want you to kind of do that same thing. Socratic learning, right? Ask a lot of questions. Um, and observe how they respond. And then if they're responding incorrectly, redirect, you know, it's, it's, uh, instead of asking, um, very closed ended questions, ask very open ended questions. What made you, what made you run it that way? Um, okay. Did you happen to notice that flu pipe over there? Um, how, how do you plan to navigate that? You've already got this gas line set here. How do you plan to navigate that flu? You know, just asking very open-ended questions. And um, then if, if it's the right answer, give them affirmation. Say, awesome, good job. Yeah. Um, that's exactly, that's actually better than how I would do it or whatever you want to say. Right. Um, or say, hmm, do you think that's going to work? You know, continue to ask questions. And, uh, you know, so it's that Socratic learning method is, is really important. And I did observe that in kind of hand, how you handle your your ser- uh, sales team. Um, you meet with them every day. You want to kind of go through with what you do with them? Yeah. Um, I mean, I play the role of sales manager uh, because because of choice. I love sales. I love It's the last thing I really touch here, um, you know, other than managing my leadership team and uh, setting the vision and dabbling in a- advertised branding and marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of the last thing I touch here. But anyway... Uh, I've all we've met we meet every single day together uh, we first of all we do a devotional together we all, we've been going through the Tony Dungy book um, devotional we've done it for probably three or four years same book 
uh, it never gets old. It's one day, 365 devotions, you know. And both of your, or uh, you're actually everybody on your sales team right now was an athlete at one point, so they get it. it yeah. They're, they're all, it's very sports and Minded, life related. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so it has a lot to do, but we discuss each. Knowing your team, right? Knowing your team. Yeah. And we discuss each devotion, how it can be applied in life, whether it's personal life or business life. Um, if you don't have your personal life, if your team, if you or your team does not have your personal life in order, you're going to suffer at work and you're going to suffer, especially in sales. You're going to suffer. So we discussed the, we discussed that devotional that have, how's, how's it doing with your personal life and in your work. And then we, um, you know, maybe once a week or so, we'll listen to 30 minutes of either a podcast or um, a sales closing class. And the reason I say that, if you went back and you've heard uh, any of my sales classes, um, you know, we, we close right around 90% uh, closing ratio, which is extremely high and very rare, but it's on purpose and we have a system and we know what we're doing. But we don't hire salespeople, we hire closers. Our company is such a strong brand and our, and our service techs do most of the uh, educating the customer that all the, all the uh, comfort advisor slash salesperson has to do is go out and close. Um, and we have, and it's no, there's no high pressure. Um, you'll never read a Google review that says, I felt pressured to buy. Um, it's asking questions and doing that. And we practice those questions. It's, it's role playing. It's asking those questions. If a customer asks you this, how are you going to answer that? Mm-hmm. And we go over and over and over again. Um, so we're, and then I say throughout the day, if you need me, you know, text me or call me. Um, and if you get into a situation where you need me to close it for you, call me because I want to help close it. Uh, so it's a relationship. It's building relationships. It's knowing your team knowing what drives them, both the comfort advisors we have right now are extremely competitive mm-hmm. and complete, um, um, completely involved in the sale well, and the customer. Not just that, but speaking of relationships, um, you know, it's not uncommon for our sales team, comfort advisors, to um, actually show up at an install. Right. Um, and actually follow through with the customer. So we do, obviously, we do inspections, right, with the different municipalities. But we 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 don't just stop there. We do our own inspection before the municipality inspects um, because we're not just looking for codes, uh, code things. We're looking for that, but also aesthetically, there is a McAfee aesthetic to an install. We talked about that on this podcast before, um, but we do our own inspection in that. And um, if anything's not meeting the expectation, you know, the salesperson is following up with that customer saying, hey, uh, look, this isn't up to par for us. Um, we'd like to come back out and make some adjustments. And and so this, the sales uh, person comfort advisor is seeing it through from first point of contact with the service tech through the sale, the install and the quality inspection and anything that takes place after that quality inspection. You know, so it is um, it is a very relational position. And, um, you know, it, that's on purpose. Yeah. 
I'm glad you said that. It's on purpose because it's trained. Mm-hmm. Someone doesn't just come in here and know, oh, I need to go on the install. I, I need to I need to take care of the team, you know, by taking them lunch or Gatorades or, or a candy bar or their favorite candy bar. Um, they don't it's it doesn't come natural. So that's taught, that's talked about, that's discussed in the in our morning meetings. Why that's important, and how, when's the last time you did it, and tell me how you how they reacted when you did it, and all those types of things. And we've learned from past uh, salespeople that didn't necessarily do it right. You don't just take the installation crew lunch when they have a sucky job you sold. Right. Yeah. You know, you're not trying to butter them up. Right. You're doing it for appreciation. You know, good job. Thank you. Yeah, they could have an easy job. They're going to get done at two o'clock, and uh, it's just. You know that, uh, yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that up. So this isn't something we don't bring them lunch every day, um, right? But you know, you, it's a great point. You don't want to just do it when uh, you feel bad. You gave them a tough job. You right. want to you want to do it saying, "Hey guys, uh, way to really knock this one out of the park. It was straightforward, but you still took it as serious as the one that wasn't straightforward." And thank you. You know, so like it's that's right on the money. So good point. Right. Uh. The next one is uh, very important in team building is uh, getting their buy-in as a leader. Um, so I, I never I never try to implement something new without getting certain people's buy-in first. So I'll bring them in individually and say, hey, um, you know, hey Travis, I want to show you I want to show you my idea. I'm going to show you how it's going to work. I'm going to show you the benefit to you, the team, the customer, and I'm going to get your buy-in. Because you're going to love it. You know, I know I know. if I know you, I'm going to use some keywords mm-hmm. that you're going to love it. It's just like when we went 8 to 8, same great rate, and our service team now had to work um, uh, second shift, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody likes second shift. I mean, that means you're out later than normal, even later than late, right? So what did I do? I had to get their buy-in. So the first thing I did was I got a buy-in from uh, the ser- the service manager, the, the lead service. Okay, I got that buy-in. They're in, um, and they were part of this. And then the second thing I did was I shared, um, I sh- honestly, transparently shared pros and cons, and the the pros outlisted the cons. Okay, now you can take your children to breakfast in the morning before school. You can take them to school. Now you can go get a haircut. You can go to the dentist. You can go to the doctor. You know exactly what day you, you don't have to be here till noon. Uh, now you can mow your yard early if you want. You don't have to worry about mowing it late. And I went over, I had about 10 or 12 things, and then I had three or four cons. And by the time it was done in my meeting, they were all sold. Now, did they love it forever? No, but they were all sold. Mm-hmm. I did my job. Yeah. So you got to get their buy-in. It's very important. You you don't just make people do things new or um, just because it's your idea and you think it's wonderful without getting the buy-in. Yeah, I actually um, have an, another tangible example of that recently. Um, getting getting our team on board for some some software updates. Um, you know, using the way we share files, the way we communicate with one another, um, and uh, so you know, like if if a CSR needs manager approval or, you know, something like that. Um, you know, you know how it is. 
uh, and we're from a different generation. So we like emails was the greatest thing when you first started, you know, sure. um, not first started, but several, a few years into your business, email was the greatest thing since sliced bread. But nowadays for people my age, it's a little outdated. And so, uh, getting people on board to change up the way we communicated and shared files and information, um, was tough. Um, but you know, I got them to buy in and I'm like, Hey, what's, what, what's the most frustrating part, um, about our existing process? Well, getting answers too slow. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's frustrating for me too. Cause I want to get you answers fast. The last thing I want to do is, is hold you up. Um, I said, why don't we just give this new one a try? And, um, I'm willing to bet that you're going to get the results you want a lot faster and everybody's going to be happy. And so we did. And, um, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's worked great. Our, we've, we've established different lines of communication and they've been very effective for both myself and all of our supervisors when it comes to communicating back to our customer service team, um, and getting customers taken care of. It's, we've, we've, dramatically increased our efficiency in this way. Um, and uh, so even though it was, it, we, you know, we've talked about moving cheese before. There's a book right. called Who Moved My Cheese? But anyway, um, we, we definitely got people out of their comfort zone, which is what it means, uh, move my cheese. And so we got people out of their comfort zone for a little bit, but then they realized, okay, I can get behind this because at the end of the day, um, it's working and we're, 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 we're accomplishing our goals. Um, and we're, we're, you know, the majority of the team is happy. And so, like, it's just, it's worked. We've gotten, we had some pushback at first, but now we have buy-in because we've seen the results. And so, you know, there's finesse there, right? Um, right. You, there's finesse. Like, you with your service guys, you had to list the pros and cons. Um, I didn't really have pros and cons. I just had, hey, here's our biggest hurdle. And this can, this can, we can, we can make this, we can make this hurdle if we just get on board and, let's try it for a week. And it worked. And, and it was just, you know, off to the races from there. So yeah, buy-in, buy-in is huge. And there's different strategies to get that buy-in, you know, going back to widget, um, that G, that galvanizer is huge. If you don't have a galvanizer on your team that can take the plan that's already been discerned that like, this is a good plan. Um, you know, it's never going to get off the ground if you don't get people to see that vision, you know, back to our muscle memory thing. There's little right. things that we do that seem tedious, that seem boring at times. Um, but that galvanizer has the ability um, to keep people motivated. And so if you don't have a galvanizer on your team, um, or if you have a galvanizer on your team, but he's not in a leadership or he or she is not in a leadership role, you should probably fix that. Use that gift and, and, and better your team and keep people motivated um, and get that buy-in sure. for even the tedious things. You know, it's huge. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, a few more things here we want to talk about. And, and one of them is um, uh, uh, one thing I learned in Marine Corps uh, is be approachable. Uh, as a leader, you cannot build a strong team without being approachable. Uh, you know, whether you want to call it your open door policy or whatever you want to call it, but you need to be approachable. Um, look out for others' welfare uh, and sense your team's attitude. Um, and uh, look out for others' welfare is basically putting others before you many times. Um, still today, we use the term, I won't sell this. Um, if I won't do it myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I had to ingrain that in our sales team because they've never installed. 
Um, but if you don't want to crawl down in that wet crawl space and belly crawl 40 feet to get to the furnace, um, then we'll pass. We'll pass. I'm sorry. Other companies will do the job. There's plenty of companies out there that will do the job. So I'm not worried about that. Um, I'm worried about what we do best at McAfee and what we focus on and what our team specializes in. And that's part of our success is not selling anything that we don't specialize in. And um, sensing your team's attitude is being alert and detecting things. You've, you've got, as a leader, you've got to be looking around and you've got to see read people's faces. Um, that's one thing I just did good because I'm just observant to a change. Uh, she's looked like this at her desk for many weeks and now all of a sudden what we say, she's weaned on a pickle. <laughs> Why is she weaned on a pickle for the last two days? Everybody can be weaned on a pickle one day, but two, three days, too, too much. Time out. What's going on? Mm -hmm. Okay. And we bring them in. What's going on? And we find out it's something in their personal life. Most of the time, this is what happened. And we, you know, and we, we work around, we work with them. We work around it. And, and something I learned years ago is never say, don't bring your problems to work. That's not realistic. Everybody's human. Everybody has problems and they have to bring them to work. Because wherever you go, there you are, and that's your problem, okay? So, but helping someone fix the problem, work through the problem, is what a good leader and a good team does. Uh, and there's nothing better for, for me to say, if you're having the problem, for me to say, you know, I've been through the same thing. The worst thing I can say is if I've never been through the same thing, I understand. Because I don't understand. Yeah. So that's the worst thing you can say. Yeah. Um, but if you have been through the same thing, you can say, here's how I handled it. Here's how I came out of it. And it helps the whole, te whole team. Mm -hmm. And then you must be alert uh, as well to detect rumors. See, rumors happen in a company. If there's, if there's uh, two people in a company, you'll have a rumor. Yep. Okay. You know, it was a perfect place until I hired the first person. A church is a perfect place until the first person walked through the door, okay? So if you have two people, you're going to have a rumor, and you need to know, um, be alert to it, detect it, nip it, and don't let it spread. Yeah, so um, we do a couple of different types of classes here at McAfee. Um, we've been fortunate to, to do so. Um, but in one of those one of those classes, uh, we learned kind of how to define gossip. So gossip is um, if if you are neither a part of the problem or the solution, and you're still participating in the conversation, you're you're participating in gossip. You are gossiping, right? Um, so that means uh, two two service techs talking about an installer. Yeah, uh, they are gossiping because they are neither part of the problem or the solution. Right. Um, however, an installer coming to the supervisor or me, the field manager, and saying, "Hey, look, one of my teammates is this is happening, and um, we need to help them out, or um, this can't happen. It's this is we got to do something about it. you know whatever the case may be. That's not gossip because at least one person in that convert, well, actually both of them, that technician is a part of the problem. They're, they're they got to work with this guy." And the supervisor or manager is—they're part of the solution, and so that is not gossip. So you got to know the difference. And um, 
you know, we just, you know, we've got, we've got a couple signals here at the, to notify like, Hey, are you part of the problem? No. Are you, are you part of the solution? Okay, cool. So let's, uh, let's drop it, yeah. you know? And so like, we've got little things to kind of kindly remind people that, you know, and are you going to catch it all the time as a manager, as a supervisor, as an owner of a company? Nope. Gossip's still going to happen. We are human and some humans are, are particularly inclined to that yeah. habit. Um, however, anytime you you see it, you got to nip it. Yeah. You got to be looking for it. If you're not looking for it, you won't see it. Yeah. It's the same thing with seeing someone down. If you're not looking for it, you won't see it. I've many times I've asked people, I said, did you notice so-and-so looked a little down? No, I didn't notice that. Well, you weren't looking for it. I'm looking for it. You know, uh, same way with, did you notice that? Uh, install that that line set wasn't perfectly straight? No, I didn't. Well, you weren't looking for it. I'm looking for it. And you got to be looking for it. As a leader, you've got to look for things. You got to be observant and and you've got to be alert. Um, Also, uh, lastly, uh, keep others informed. Very important. Informed people make decisions. We've already talked about that. But keep others informed. Uh, Explain the why behind the what, um, not just because I said to do it, but explain the why. Can you run with that a little bit? Yeah. Um, this is a, I'll admit, this is actually a weakness of mine. Um, sometimes I'm playing the game like those two, those two ladies you were talking about from Iowa, you know, as if we can't, we just know, you know, um, I, I assume sometimes way too much that my supervisors already know what I'm thinking. And I can't do that yet. We've only been working together for a year. Those two girls have been playing together for three years. And frankly, let's be honest, in sports, you 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 spend a lot more time together than you do in, in work life, right? So, right. I mean, for them to be together three it's years. more than just a game. Yeah. It's, you're in practice every day. Exactly. And so you're for those girls having three years of cohesion, um, you know, it probably takes six years <laughs> to get to that level in the workplace. It really does. And me and my, uh, my supervisors and I, rather, have only been working together for about a year. And so assuming that they know what I'm thinking, I'm wrong. They, they don't. I still have to say it. Yeah. And um, so that's something that I'm, I'm working on. Um, now, when it does happen, then it's a bonus. Exactly. Every once in a while. We're on the same page. Perfect page. But when it doesn't happen, you, you got to be ready to say something. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it, it, I can tell you, I'll give you some tangible examples. I went on vacation um, recently, got to see the Red Sox play spring baseball. It was great. Yeah. Uh, beautiful weather down there in Fort, in, uh, Fort Myers, Florida. Um, but at any rate, while I was gone, I gave very broad instructions on, on how I wanted our, some of our scheduling to be handled. Um, and I thought that they would know to take into consideration hours when doing that. Well, I didn't say it. So why would I expect them to know it? We're not at that level yet, right? And they don't look at the hours the way that I do. Right. Um, you know, they, they, they have, the, they have uh, like secondhand access to hours, but not, I have the firsthand, right? And, and some of our other managers here and on the leadership, we all have firsthand access to everybody's hours and, and time cards, whereas my supervisors have secondhand. And so I just assumed, and you know what assuming does, right. but- I just assumed that they would take hours into consideration. I did not communicate that, hey, 
look, this is what I want, but if so-and-so has way less hours, then we need to bump them up to the front. You know, And so um, what I thought they would know, they didn't because I didn't communicate it. You know, and so it's, it's huge. You have to, you have to be able to keep them informed, give them the why, like, Hey, look, yes, we want this person on these types of jobs. However, we also want this person over here to be able to feed their family, you know, yeah, like, right. and, and pay their rent, you know? So we, sure. we have to take all those things into consideration. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that I'm for sure working on is, is, uh, communicating my thoughts. You know, sometimes I'll think out loud, but like I need to actually directly look at them and say, Hey, this is something that I want you to be responsible for while I'm gone or, you know, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, very good. Very good illustration. Um, just keeping people informed and it's so easy to forget. It is. Uh, and we, and I'm guilty of, I may have told you, but I forgot to tell Carrie. Yep. And I thought I told Carrie too. And then Carrie's uninformed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I told, I thought I told her. Didn't I tell you? No, you didn't tell me. Uh, so keep people informed. Uh, you'll build stronger teams. You can't go fast alone. You'll go much farther together. Uh, and this applies to all of us. Uh, we're all we're all building teams. We're all in it together. We're all trying to make a difference. We're all trying to be number one. We're all trying to win. Um, all, all those types of things. So, uh, Travis, this was part three. I just want to say... Uh, Thanks for joining me on this. It's been a pleasure working with you. It's been fun. Uh, anything else you want to add before we close up? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's been a good uh, been a good series, and uh, you know maybe we'll do another one sometime soon. Sounds so, good. Cool. Thanks, man. Yep, appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Before we wrap up, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe, and please leave us some notes. Please leave us some questions, some notes, um, anything you'd like to ask. Um, or talk about. Uh, You can also support this podcast by rating and reviewing on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. Keep listening uh, because we'll keep challenging you. We'll keep helping you grow your business. And of course, we're going to help you sleep better at night when you do those things. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook uh, at The Greg McAfee Show. No spaces, no underscores. Be sure to tune in next week uh, when I'm going to talk about how to become number one in your market. And I'm going to use the lion uh, as a reference for that. Uh, So tune in next week. Um, Be sure uh, to keep listening. Thanks for listening. And as always, carry on. God bless and have a great day.